Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Today I want to introduce you to another one of our Lions Lair finalists. Uh, the uh, competition, of course, uh, will culminate with the uh, the gala awards dinner, which is going to be next Thursday at Leuna Station, uh, of course, in uh, the North End. Uh, I don't know if there are still tickets available. I was on the webpage a couple of days ago, and they, they said they could still get a few, but it, it usually sells out. And, matter of fact, I know it always sells out. So, uh, But you should check that out. Uh, go to the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce webpage or Innovation Factory, and they can tell you about that. Anyway, a week from today, that's, that'll be the day after the awards banquet, uh, we're going to be broadcasting from the Innovation Factory uh, at uh, the McMaster Innovation Park on Longwood Road. And uh, we'll talk with the winners of the competition, the organizers, and uh, obviously some folks from McMaster and uh, Mohawk and uh, some of the other folks that have been uh, uh, working and, and putting this whole project together for the last number of years, the Lions Are Competition. It's always a fun show to do from uh, from the Innovation Factory. Today, though, uh, I want to introduce you to uh, Benjamin Lee, who is with uh, Altius Analytics Labs. Welcome. Good to have you in here. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Moving just a little bit here. All right, there we go. better. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the company, okay, Altius Analytics Lab. Now, uh, I, I'm like everybody else these days. I've got my smartphone, I've got my smart pants, I've got my smart jacket, because everybody wants to know how their bodies do, what's mm-hmm. going on, right? Exactly. It's almost, a, it's become an obsession for a lot of people. Mm-hmm, very much so. Very Is that the so. motivation for you? Uh, the motivation's a little, little twofold. Um, first, uh, this actually comes from my economic background, give a bit of background about myself. I went to University of Waterloo, did my undergrad in mechanical engineering, thinking I want to be an automotive engineer. You know, I love cars. I'm a huge gearhead. I love all that kind <laughs> of stuff. But somewhere along that line, you know, I really fell in love with, you know, uh, this might sound a little weird, the human body, you know, how it performs, how it moves, all that kind of great stuff. And unfortunately at the time, no one told me that mechanical engineering can be applied directly into that. I had to figure that out on my own. And just really fortunately, um, I was linked up with a professor there, Dr. Stuart McGill, um, www.backfitpro.com, by the way. Um, and actually, the weird story is I don't know Stu from school. I used to read a lot of weightlifting martial arts websites and they always cite his work. So I thought Stuart McGill from Waterloo says this, says that. And I think, wait a minute, I go to Waterloo. I should go talk to him. So I went to the Kin building one day. We you know, had a great rapport. One thing led to another. Next thing you know, I'm doing my master's degree in spine biomechanics. And it was there I got a really great appreciation for you know, just uh, the generally how the body moves, how it works, and really applying my engineering but knowledge. But you, you already had that, though, because you were working out. I mean, you do weights and things like yeah. that. So you already had, you already had a, a, not necessarily a fascination for it, but you paid attention to it. And, and obviously the way that it impacted, you know, exercise and things like that. So mm-hmm. it was in the back of your head. Well, the gearhead was at the front of your head at that point. Exactly, exactly. And I th- and Stu and, and the program did a really good job of taking that curiosity I had and really formalizing that into, you know, academic knowledge. Because really, unfortunately, um, you know, within the fitness realm, even unfortunately, you know, the uh, clinical and healthcare realm, there's a lot of goofy stuff going on out there, which, you know, we can't explain why, you know. For example, um, tell me a bit of a story. I, I was talking to this person who was a lawyer um, a couple years ago, and she was telling me she had really bad low back pain uh, to the point where she could barely work. And I asked her, you, seen a, you said you've seen a physio? Like, what are you doing? She said, yeah, I'm seeing a physiotherapist. He's making me stretch my back, touch my toes. And I thought, holy jeez, what are you doing? And... And it's really bad. That, that's bad? That's really bad. It, and that's I'll, what think, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll get a little... School uh, me here, Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> gladly. Um, this is stuff I love to talk about. Uh, I'll get a little technical here, so I apologize if uh, people start dropping off here. But um, 
unlike, so for example, your your elbow or your or your knee, these are very mobile joints. Look at the way the architecture and the way these muscles are attached to these joints. They're they're like levers. They're meant mm-hmm. to yeah, move the yeah. body. But if you actually examine, like you, if you were to take a cadaver, cut it open, and look at the architecture of the of all the muscles that attach to your spine. They're very much built almost like a barrel, if you want to, you know, use that analogy. And the idea is that these muscles aren't meant to, you know, create gross motion, so to speak, but rather stabilize against unwanted motion. Okay, I, I know, I follow you. Yeah, yeah. So as a result, you know, when you when you, when you see a lot of Sorry, maybe I'll take a step backwards from that. So now when you look at that spine, support of that musculature, it mimics very closely to what you would see, you know, like a radio tire, like the 900 CMHL radio tower, all these guy wires attached. Yeah. But uh, but the reason these guy wires are attached are to stabilize that tower. When it starts bending back and forth uh, unwantedly, that's, that's when you start running into trouble. And just like with your spine, if I'm going to be, for example, um, trying to lift the box off the ground, if that spine... If, if that spine just in, introduces a lot of unwanted motion, unwanted forces, that's when we start getting into potential injury mechanisms. And, you know, it's not that to say that you would never, ever bend your spine, but it's been shown that repetitive bending of that spine, especially under high compressive forces, increases that risk of damaging your back. Just kind of like the analogy is take a coat wire hanger, bend it back and forth a couple of times. It's going to break. Do anything. Yeah, eventually, you know, it's going to break over a certain number of cycles, very similar to the spine just because of the way that architecture is built. So we get into the idea of now you start, you know, uh, stretching your lower back out, doing these toe touches and whatnot. I mean, you know, you'd first have to assess your patient to see, you know, is that something they can tolerate? But generally speaking, and I mean, this is a very general broad term, you're starting to violate certain principles. And when you start looking at to, you know, ask the question of why you're doing this, that you, they, you can't really come up with a good answer as to, as to why that is. Okay, so you've studied this now, and, mm-hmm. and you've got a mentor who's, who's steering you in, in, in the right direction here. Uh, how do you take that fascination that you've got with it now and, and develop uh, what you've done here? So one of the big issues, I guess, in the realm of general healthcare, or orthopedics or biomechanics is that it's very much subjective right now. If I want to look at someone, look at you, for example, and I want to determine if you're going to get risk, if you're at risk of getting hurt or whatnot, I would just have to say like, hey, Bill, um, touch your toes, reach overhead, move your limbs like this, and I just make observations based on my visual inspection. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is that if I get another expert to do the same thing, they might have different results than what I have. And it becomes, you know, about pretty much like a he said, she said kind of game. So, and this is what kind of motivated us is because that in the research world, there are really great tools to kind of, uh, to essentially quantify human motion. You know, our lab used this, you know, multi-camera market system. You know, when you watch the making of Lord of the Rings or Avatar, you see these guys with those little dots on their bodies. Yeah. yeah. With the exact same thing. And then th- these systems are accurate to a thousandth of a millimeter, but they can cost, you know, up to like a quarter million dollars for a, for a full system. But when you start getting into, you know, certain industries where injury prevention, you know, is a very costly, I guess, initiative, and it's costly because it's just inaccurate because it's too subjective, this is that market gap we're trying to fill in here. Uh, One of the big problems that we've seen as well is that, you know, there there are some current solutions right now to quantify human motion and whatnot, but they're really cumbersome and really inaccurate. So what we kind of stumbled upon uh, due to our proprietary nature of our technology is that we're able to now quantify human motion effortlessly or, you know, quote unquote, seamlessly to provide that kind of analytics into, you know, why are your people getting hurt? What can I do to prevent this? So how do you do that without having people all wired up? I mean, you know, because there are, as you say, some, I guess you could call them now rudimentary uh, methodologies. Uh, you know, you can get on the, uh, you can get on the, the, the treadmill, you can get wired up and everything, and they, they can give you readings on things and, they, and make determinations that way. 
not everybody wants to do that. I mean, it's time-consuming, and, and let's face it, there's only a limited amount of space for that sort of thing. So you've, you've streamlined the process. How does this work? Uh, so uh, that's a secret. <laughs> uh, oh, so, you can tell me. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's two of us talking right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I guess the, the best answer to that, um, what I can, I guess, say at a high level. Yeah, don't level, give it the secret away. Just talk, how, the, how this whole thing works. So, so essentially, we have a camera that is able to quantify how the body moves in terms of, you know, X, Y, Z coordinates. Yeah. Um, by just simply as like recognizing what the human body looks like, estimating locations of joints, and just tracking its motion through 3D space. If you've actually, you know, if you've played an Xbox Connect before, you know, on, on Xbox 360 or Xbox One, that technology was there, you know, dating back to 2013 or earlier, the Connect camera does exactly that. And there's actually you know, a few solutions out there that utilize the Connect for that kind of, for that purpose. But um, I'll go on record and say, maybe, maybe not, that those solutions are poor at best because the Connect is very limited in its ability to track human motion. You know, for example, it was built for video, for video gaming applications. So if I'm facing the Kinect camera, I'm waving my arms around, it's really great at capturing you know, my elbow angles, how fast my hands are moving, things like that. But if I were to lie on my back, face to the side or face away from the camera, it literally just vomits all over the screen. So in cases where I'm trying to do, say, a clinical assessment, I want to test someone's shoulder range of motion or hip range of motion with having them lie on their back, I can no longer quantify that with the basic Connect camera, and that's where it fails. Uh, so essentially, our algorithm essentially takes a camera system and makes it a very, very robust motion capture system utilizing, utilizing this quote-unquote markerless motion capture technology. Now, it, it, how do you utilize this now? Is it, is it like, uh, is this a series of things that me as a subject would have to go through? You want me to do this, do this, and... And you're gathering data? Yeah, essentially. You know, um, we can essentially automate existing, I guess, injury risk assessment protocols. So this idea of, you know, raise your arm, touch your toes, and yeah. I can tell you if you're at risk of injury. This is a very well-studied, uh, I guess, clinical field. It's been around for decades, if not hundreds of years. Uh, but it's just that there's been no real way to quantify that kind of data. And as a result, you know, it's very much subjective. So we can take this. So uh, first off, we can take these in existing processes, make them faster, easier to perform, and highly objective. And because we're storing this data, there's a great, I guess, uh, data analytics play you can make with this by now t taking, aggregating all this mass data about how people move, correlating it to potential injury risk, future injuries, past injuries, et cetera, et cetera. And you can start to develop, I guess, more accurate models of realizing, hey, you know, a lot of people, when they have rotator, when they have shoulder pain, their shoulder exhibits this kind of, um, I guess, movement profile or whatnot. So it kind of, uh, in the long term, creates, I guess, a more accurate model of trying to find indicators of future injury risk. And, and with that information, then, I guess I can determine, for instance, uh, from a physical fitness standpoint, what I can and cannot do. Exactly, exactly. You, you should not be lifting weights, for instance, if Ex you have a bad shoulder exactly, or something. Exactly, yeah. Like, if, if your shoulder isn't able to do, you know... Because, you know, you know the, the old idea, because this has been going on for generations now, no pain, no gain. <laughs> now, well, you've heard that. Yeah. I got, it's I, supposed to hurt a little bit. Come on, Benjamin, suck it up. You know, and let's keep doing it. And, and while we're doing is damaging our bodies. Yeah, 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 very much so. I know very wise man, you know, again, Dr. Stuart McGill, another fellow, Dr. David Frost, couple, well, one of my colleagues when I was doing my master's, you know, uh, they told me this exactly. And at first, I was kind of like, you know, coming as a meathead, I was kind of like, <laughs> what? Like, really? But, I, but the more I started to experience it, you know, for myself, you know, um, the background myself, I had my rotator cuff surgically repaired, my triceps were surgically reattached, I told my quadriceps tendon to clean off my, my kneecap twice last year. So I've had four orthopedic surgeries, multiple injuries, and I realized, you know, this is not sustainable. You know, I keep this up, you know, in 10 years from now, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. 
uh, and and it's that yet yeah, the pervasive idea is that no pain, no gain, but that's very much false. I mean, some pain, some discomfort, of course. You know, physical training is always going to be uncomfortable. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but but what you're supposed to be doing there is mus- muscular. Exactly. Uh, you know. and, but oftentimes it's joint things that you're actually hurting. I mean, I've got two knee replacements. Oh, I, yeah. you know, listeners know about that because oh, uh, I just kept running. You know, every time yeah. I'd have a surgery, I had seven or eight surgeries on each knee, and I said, oh, I'll be fine again in a couple of months. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll work through the pain. Well, no, you don't work through the pain. You're, de- you know, you're degenerating that joint. You get, you but you, you can now provide that information to me. Exactly. And say, you know what, you shouldn't be jogging. Here's another form of exercise you can do instead. In other words, you provide alternatives. Yeah, exactly. You know, you go to a therapist sometimes and say, hey, my knee hurts. You go to a doctor, say, hey, my knee hurts when I do this. Doctor says, well, stop doing that. Like, <laughs> great. <laughs> well, I guess I'll stop walking for the rest of my life then. But then, but the idea is that they can't tell you why it's hurting or, or, or they have a poor idea. I mean, some highly skilled clinicians are able to distill that down, but as a whole, not too much. So essentially, our system can now quantify that and essentially answer that question as to why is my knee hurting? What causes my knee to hurt? And now what can I do to circumvent that or improve it? So, so, so this is a fabulous idea, and, and like I say, you know, given our, our propensity for physical fitness these days, whether we want to walk or jog or swim or whatever it is we seem to want to do, we do have this 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 thirst right now for data. What's it doing mm-hmm. to my body? And what's my heart rate like? You know, how many steps have I taken <laughs> today? That sort of thing. But we don't know what to do with that information. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, this is a, this is a, I've had this debate with my current knee therapist for a long time. Uh, by the way, Dr. Andrew Robbie, you're listening at uh, Armory Sports Medicine. Check him out. Fantastic therapist. I blew off my quadriceps tendon twice last year. He's fixed me up beautifully. If it weren't for him, I'd probably still be on crutches, to be honest. But anyways, um, I've had this debate with them plenty of times. And it's that we have all this biometric data, all these crazy new sensors, as you mentioned, are coming out. Heart rate, sleep, all this yeah. stuff. But the statistical models to tell me what's going on you know, just don't exist yet. It's it's not good enough to tell me why that, you know, what I can, I can do with this data. So our hopes are that, you know, through collecting this data and our research ties, we can start to start to answer that question because that still very much is a fundamental research question that's yet to be answered. And anyone, you know, fitness trainers, all that, all that stuff, if they claim that they know the answer to that, they're just flat out lying, lying to you. So, th- so this is, like I say, this is the right time for this. I mean, you're coming along exactly at the right time developing this sort of technology. How do you get the word out? How do you, how do you monetize this? How do you make this thing uh, you know, marketable? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> great, great question. So, I mean, all, it all depends on the market on the market we fall in, yeah. and it, and it's really great that you know our technology can really fall into multiple markets. You know, for example, you know, clinical orthopedic uh, practice, um, athletic training, even workplace injury prevention. Um, as you can monitor how people move. It has applications in all this field. So it really just depends on how you're going to speak to that market. You know, for example, if I were to go to try to sell this to an athletic team, the big pitch would be essentially, you know, how this can enhance your athletes uh, through all this, all this proprietary data we're collecting. But I can't make the same pitch, you know, to, for example, to like a distribution uh, warehouse where the pitch would be, uh, hey, if I can monitor your workers and tell them if they're at risk of getting hurt, there's a huge financial cost savings here. You know, essentially injury prevention. Oh, yeah. You know. Injuries cost money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge. Um, so, you know, that's essentially, that really is. But if, I'm, like if I'm a personal trainer, I want one of these things because it'll help me assess my, my client. Yeah, 100%. In, instead of doing a one size fits all, this is how you get in shape. No, I'll, I'll gear it towards you. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to the fact that it, 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 it's faster. It's, it's, it's faster and it's better, you know, for a personal trainer. And ultimately, you know, for a gym, if I'm like a big, big gym, if I'm a, I'm a big chain of a gym, all my personal trainers have this, this could be a potential, a big money, money maker 
marker for me, just in terms of leading people towards personal training, helping to understand why they need personal training. And essentially, you know, all this album has a bit of a coolness factor to kind of rope in, uh, custo- rope in potential customers to a new gym. All right, listen, uh, you're one of the finalists. Uh, we'll find out next Thursday exactly just uh, how they go. Good luck with this. Yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate it. People want to get information about this. Where's the website? Uh, our website is altiusanalyticslabs.com. That's A-L-T-I-U-S, Analytics Labs. And you can also reach me via email. That's Ben, B-E-N, at altiusanalyticslabs.com. Good to meet you. Thanks for coming in Great. today. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. Benjamin Lee, Altius Analytics Labs. And me he talking to you next Friday as one of the winners in the competition. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.